And you'll notice tornado buckets. I'm actually going to grab one. I want to show this to everybody. So these tornado buckets, um, these are for the United Methodist Committee on Relief is where they go. But if you would like, you just grab a bucket. There's a list inside of the items you need to get. It's a bit of a long list. So if it's overwhelming, grab a friend and say, help me fill up this bucket. So those go to the United Methodist Committee on Relief Warehouse Indicator. Um, I've seen these in use. So when I worked at Southside Methodist, there was a tornado that hit Southside. The uh, Methodist Warehouse sent all the buckets to the church and we were able to distribute them. So it's, it's really neat to see them in use. Um, and it's tornado season coming up and we all know that those will be needed uh, in Alabama. So tonight is Super Bowl Sunday. There's gonna be a youth Super Bowl party for youth and parents. Um, so that's gonna be a lot of fun. So make sure you come out to that. Uh, and I wanted to thank everyone who helped with the youth and kids Valentine's parties on Wednesday night. It was packed. The gathering room had so many people, they had to get extra tables. It was wonderful. The kids had a blast. The youth had a blast. So thank you. And special thanks to the Pathfinders class as well. And the kids are still partying today, right? So if you're watching online, you need to get your kids here. You, you have time to get here for this service and for traditional for their parties they're going to have during kids' church. Um, Pastor Sam, when he comes back towards the end of the month, he will be starting 40 days of prayer, and there's going to be a journal that goes along with it. It's going to be really awesome. Um, today at 10 a.m., we have the Dream Big Sunday School class in the gathering room. We would love to have you. We have donuts and snacks. It's a, it's a great time. Uh, and Wednesday morning, we have our 11 a.m. Bible study. We're doing a series called Everybody Always, and it's a lot of fun. Hope you can check that out as well. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand and worship with us today? There's nothing that our God can do. There's not a mountain that we can move. Oh, praise the
You may be seated. So I forgot to make the announcement earlier, but our inviting ministries team is uh, going to be having a little coffee station right out here at this entrance, and they're wanting to come up with a name for it. They want to come up with a name for what's brewing out in the uh, entrance area. So that's going to be starting soon. If you're watching online, write in the comments what you think that should be, but don't just write in the comments. We want to see you uh, in person sometime soon, and we'll see you getting coffee. I want to talk to you and see you face-to-face again soon. So uh, this is the time of the service where we prepare our hearts for a time of tithe and offering. We wanted to let you know there's offering plates in the front and uh, in, in the back and in the front, and you can also give online. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, um, we pray that every gift, those uh, financial gifts and also the gifts of time and service, We pray that you will use them for your glory to continue to do great things in this church and in this community. Uh, God, we have so much to be thankful for. Uh, We just pray that you will use us to be your hands and feet in the community. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Singing all 
Still you give
Well, happy Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. So I hope you have lots of good snacks planned tonight. Um, so I have a question that I'm going to ask you. It's a question that we started at our Wednesday morning Bible study. Um, and the question is, what was your first job? If you're watching online, write your first job. If you're here, tell somebody around you what your first job was. And they will probably be surprised as to what you used to do for a living when you were, I don't know. I'm just going to pick on Jay. Jay, tell me what your first job was. Busboy at Top of the River, right? And so I was a paper boy when I was uh, 12 years old. So that's just our, our opening question, all right? So um, I follow a page uh, that's funny, it's sarcastic, um, and I send these responses, this page, uh, his quotes, I send them to my friends who are youth pastors and pastors. I think it's hilarious. I think this guy is a Baptist minister somewhere, but he has a page called The Underappreciated Pastor, and it's all funny stuff. So this is one he did last week. It said, our church is really spiritual. Even the seats are saved. That's funny. That's funny, especially for our traditional folks. They have certain spots they have to sit in. They may laugh when I say that one in traditional. They might not. Um, our next one is, um, th this one's good. To the person who stole my sermon notes, I hope you sleep well tonight. That's great. That's great, right? Because you would sleep well if you stole my sermon notes, I'm sure. Uh, but here's the one that really got me the other day, all right? Um, so it says, I became a pastor because I desperately desire the disapproval of others. Oh, no. So um, I share that at Mosaic uh, on our Thursday night group. And um, so this guy must have had a tough experience. Y'all have been wonderful to me. But let me read it again. I became a pastor because I desperately desire the disapproval of others. And when we talked about it at Mosaic, that's a that would be funny for any line of work, right? So if somebody's in the medical field, they understand. Teachers, teach, I'm just going to say, I became a teacher because I desperately desire the disapproval of others. That's funny stuff. So um, I'm sure it applies to your job as well. Um, my dentist is here is a great example. And I never call my dentist to say, my teeth feel wonderfully clean, right? But if my tooth hurts, I'm going to complain, right? So when I was a 911 dispatcher, this job definitely, this, that funny joke definitely applied to that job. Uh, we would tell people how to do CPR over the phone. We would get the fire truck there on time. We'd get the police where they needed to be, get them the right information. But we only heard complaints and people would call just to cuss at us, right? So you may have had, especially when you said your first job, you probably had similar experiences, right? that sometimes in life, we just hear lots of complaining, a uh, lot of people telling us we're doing terrible at something. Um, so we are more than people's complaints. We are more than our occupation. For some of us, we're more than our past occupations. Um, you are so much more than what others say and think about you. Um, if everyone this morning uh, decided to throw tomatoes and tell me how terrible I am, or maybe they, maybe they do that to Jay. Maybe when Jay's in the hallway, they say, Jay, we just don't like you, and they were just super mean. Guess what? You can still go to Villa Fiesta after church knowing you are a child of Jesus, knowing that you are saved, knowing that you are a beloved child of God. So we are so much more than our past mistakes. We are so much more than what others say about us. Um, so here's some scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, I am, a new I am a new creation in Christ. Psalm 139, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. If you attended our Wednesday morning uh, journey group, 
you would have heard us discussing um, telling people who they are, right? We have a habit, and this is what our whole class is about. We have a habit of telling people what they should be doing, what, they, what we think they would want to be doing, instead of telling people who they are, right? We sometimes don't tell people who they are. But this morning, I want to take it a step further, and I want us to remind ourselves to tell us who we are, who we are, right? Because sometimes we get caught up in what other people's opinions are of us or what the world thinks of us. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I belong to Him. That's awesome to wake up in the morning and know uh, I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Genesis, like I said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Or, or uh, I'm sorry, in the book of Genesis, I am created in the image of God. Everyone here, you are all created in the image of God. You know what that means? You're like really creative. You are awesome people, very creative. Right now in this place, we are surrounded by people being transformed daily to look and love more like Jesus. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's something to get excited about, right? So rather than um, saying things to down other people, um, let's tell each other, you're starting to love more like Jesus loves. You're starting to be molded to more what Jesus wants you to be. That's something to celebrate, and that's what we need to be reminding people of. So that was a really long introduction to a scripture reading uh, and a sermon for today. But what on earth does it have to do with Jesus being resurrected from the dead? Because that's what this passage is going to talk about. And I think it has everything to do with it. Last week, Paul was talking about the basics of the faith, right? We read the Apostles' Creed. Paul was reminding the people, here's your core beliefs. Um, But now he is going to remind them the importance of the resurrection. In the church in Corinth, there were some that didn't necessarily believe in the resurrection of Jesus, right? So Paul is going to reinforce this topic. Um, But what does the resurrection mean for us? Is it just about going to heaven? Uh, Because I don't know about you, I plan on being here a while longer, right? So what does resurrection have to do with us here today, especially those of us who plan on being here a little while longer? Here's 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 20. So if the message that is preached says that Christ has raised from the dead, then how can some say there is no resurrection of the dead. If there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ hasn't been raised either. If Christ hasn't been raised, then our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. We are found to be false witnesses about God because we testified against God that he raised Christ. When he didn't raise him, if that's the case, then the dead aren't raised. If the dead aren't raised, then Christ hasn't been raised either. If Christ hasn't been raised, then your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. And what's more, those who have died in Christ are gone forever. If we we have a hope in Christ in this life, then then we deserve to be pitied more than anyone else. But if, in fact, uh, Christ has raised from the dead, he's the first crop of the harvest of all those who have died. Let's pray. Loving God, I pray that this passage today, I pray that you will speak to our hearts. I pray that you will help us draw closer to you and closer to each other. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So Paul says that if we don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus, then our faith faith is useless. Um, When you look back, if everybody looks back in the back of the sanctuary, there is the ascension window, right? We believe this stuff, right? So, um, We believe that Jesus died, rose again, and then ascended back into heaven. That's why we have that window. We believe it. This is part of our core beliefs, right, in the resurrection. Um, 
Paul says without the resurrection, we're still dead in our sin. Um, you see, we believe that Jesus died and overcame sin and death in resurrection, right? We could say because Jesus was resurrected, we no longer are slaves to sin. Uh, the praise band just sang a song called Testimony, right? I don't know if you heard the lyrics to it, but they said resurrection power in there, right? You sang about it this morning. We all sang about that song this morning. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we have assurance that when we die, we have everlasting life. That's exciting stuff, right? It's exciting stuff. Um, and, and I said it last week that I've been a part of many funerals the past year and a half. Um, and, and to see people with the assurance of salvation, it's awesome to see people that know where their family member's going. Um, to, to, to not be overly sad because they, they know they're going to be reunited. We know that Jesus came, overcame death so that we will also. We hear the good news about the resurrection, um, and, and this conversation usually goes to afterlife, like I just did, but it should affect us here and now, too. Um, we, could say that that we, we could say here today that we don't believe in the resurrection, but we just follow the teachings of Jesus. And I think great things would still happen. If you follow the teachings of Jesus, people would still feed the poor, try to love their enemies. But when we recognize that Jesus was resurrected, it's resurrection power like the praise band sang about. We believe in the power of Jesus. We believe that he can bring us back to life here and now. He can restore us, right? Because he lives, we are free from sin. We, we mess up, yes, but we're growing and moving closer to what God has created us to be. We're becoming new creations daily because Jesus was resurrected. Um, we, remind, we remind ourselves of what God is turning us into, right? Um, a more loving, serving, kind people is what we're becoming because Jesus was resurrected. And we need to remind ourselves, I said earlier, that sometimes the world, whether you're at school or whether you're going to work, wherever it is, people sometimes will say things about us and make us feel down. But I want to remind you of who God is turning you into, right? With the power of Jesus, you're being filled with the um, fruits of the Spirit more daily. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Daily, you're being made more into that. And I know you may be like me and say, oh my gosh, you say those things. I've got a long way to go. Yeah, I got a long way to go. But daily, because of the resurrection, because we serve a Jesus with power, we're being molded and shaped daily. We know because of the resurrection, we serve a God who is able to make the impossible happen. We believe that addictions can be overcome, right? Attitudes can change. I don't know about you, but I have a terrible attitude sometimes. But because I serve Jesus, Jesus can change my attitude, right? Has anybody ever had an attitude change? I bet you have. Because he lives, we serve a God who can, can help us forgive our enemies, we believe that Jesus can restore resurrected and resurrect areas of our lives that seem hopeless and dead, right? Those times in our lives we think situations are dead, Jesus can help resurrect them. When I heard this scripture about the resurrection, uh, it brought me to a hymn is what came to my mind. Um, and you may have heard it. Now, sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, but when I, when I hear lyrics to a song, whether it's a pop song on the radio or if it's a hymn in church, Sometimes when I hear those songs, I'll be like, I want to know what that's about, right? Even if it's Taylor Swift, I want to know what, 
what, what guy did she break up with? I want to hear what this is about, right? You guys do the same thing. So um, this, this song came to mind, and it's uh, Because He Lives. And I was like, I've got to figure out why this song was written. It's in your hymnal, page 364, if you want to find it. But, um, and usually hymns are really, really old, right? But no, not this one. Because He Lives was actually written in 1971. Um, and, and I didn't know that the Gaithers wrote this song, right? And if you're sitting here, you're like, I think I've seen them. Yeah, they're on TV sometimes when you're flipping through the channel. Um, so the Gaithers wrote this song. Um, they were about to give birth to their third child. So I, I re- did some research, and I found this on a Methodist website about our hymnal. Um, it says, Because He Lives, it was written in 1971, was written in the midst of social upheaval, threats of war, and betrayal of a nation and personal trust. It was into the world at such a time that we were bringing out our third little baby. Assassinations, drug traffic, and war monopolized the headlines. It was in the midst of this uh, uncertainty that the assurance of the lordship of the risen Christ blew across our troubled minds, like a cooling breeze in the parched desert. Holding our tiny son in our arms, we were able to write, and here's part of the lines to that song, How sweet to hold our newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he gives, but greater still the calm assurance this child can face on certain day because he lives. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. So we can face on certain days because he lives. It changes our focus, right? It changes our focus. When we really concentrate that Jesus died and rose again, and, and, and that power is within us, right? That, that we're being molded to be more like Jesus. I want to read some more scriptures about who we are in Christ, because really, I think just all the time we need to remind ourselves who we are, our identity. Ephesians 1, 7 says, I am redeemed, forgiven of all my sins, and made clean through the blood of Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 17, I am in joint hair with Christ. Romans 8, 37, I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. So this life doesn't necessarily just have, like when we talk about new life, it doesn't start when we die, right? We belong to Christ now. In this room, we are brothers and sisters of Christ. Um, What others have said about you, what other people have said about you in the past, what they'll say about you this week, um, you're so much more than that. You're so much more than that. You belong to Jesus. Um, Someone can call you on the phone when you leave service and cuss you out, but guess what? You're a beloved child of God, right? You're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. No one can take our identity away, right? We've been set free from sin and death. Um, We're more than conquerors, a royal priesthood, a child of the Most High, a light in a dark world. Um, And last part of this passage that, that Paul wrote here in Corinthians, it talked about Jesus being the first of the harvest. Some of the translations would say first fruit. So uh, if you have time, you can go look in Leviticus 23, but it does a lot of things talking about um, the first of the harvest or the first fruit being brought for a sacrifice to the priest, right? And this is a lot of where uh, people, uh, churches will use those passages to ask for money, right? Or, or to ask you to serve. Um, and those are good things to do because that was the principle there. Um, but what it's saying here is that Jesus was the first harvest, Right? Jesus was the first harvest, the sacrifice for us. Um, so the, the people in Corinth, the, when they heard this, they would have understood that, that Jesus was the sacrifice. But also in the first harvest, when 
first harvest come or the first fruit comes, it means the, same, the season is changing. New life is forming. Um, people don't get a harvest until they first give up that first crop, right? So the first crop gave himself up that we may live, that we may live. The United Methodist Youth Curriculum puts it this way, Christ is the first fruit or harvest of those who have died. Christ is the best of us and is a costly sacrifice representing all of us, guaranteeing more to come. So that's pretty awesome. So aren't you glad that you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? That we pray to a Jesus who is alive and powerful? Um, Aren't you glad that the first harvest has been given? Aren't you glad that what happened to Jesus, eternal life, will happen for us? Saints, wonderful people here created in the image of God. Um, We have a lot of people in this area who are hurting, don't we? Um, May we show people that we serve a resurrected Jesus. May we show that by the way we live our lives. May we show that by our words. May people in our community know the love of Jesus. May we welcome people who are searching, those who are longing to know Jesus. May we welcome them into this place. And may we remember this morning that we are beloved children of God. I'm going to close with this. Henry Nouwen, um, he said this about our identity. Jesus came to announce to us that our identity, uh, that an identity based on success, popularity, and power is a false identity. And that's because Jesus came so that we can live and live more abundantly. Let's pray. Loving God, I pray this morning as we leave here that we will we will know who we are in you, that we, will, that we will trust it, that we will believe it. And we thank you that we serve a risen Savior. We thank you. Um, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your power. We thank you that you're bringing back to life dead areas of our lives. We thank you that, that you can change our attitudes and, and, and our situations, God. We thank you for who you are. And we thank you that we are beloved children of God. Amen. Will you stand and worship with us?
So as we leave here today, let us remember that we are new creations here and now, right? That because of the resurrection of Jesus, that process of new creation, new life has already started. If we need to, remind yourselves, Google it. Who am I in Christ? There's all kinds of awesome scriptures you'll find, right? And let us also remind people in the community of the resurrection of Jesus and tell them who they are in Jesus as well. Let's go in peace. <laughs>